Greetings, glad tidings. I am so thrilled to be with you at your annual missions convention. My name is Jeff Hartensveld. I am the regional director for AG World Missions here in the U.S., and I have had the opportunity, uh, I believe it was in January of 2019, that I had the opportunity to share with your church. But it is great to have now another opportunity, although I'm only doing this uh, via video, as you can see and know, um, how I long uh, to visit your church again, Pastor Vincent, uh, how I long to eat some Malaysian durian again, man. Probably one of the worst things about COVID has been the inability to travel and uh, taste the delicious foods of Malaysia and the other countries in Asia Pacific. But I do want you to know that we are praying for you. I know recently you've had a real bad spike in COVID and uh, our prayers are with you. Our heart is with you. And uh, I know you've been praying for us and those prayers are greatly, greatly appreciated. So uh, what a thrill to be able to connect, even though uh, it's only through video, here with you today. Now, uh, the theme for your convention this year is Advancing God's Kingdom, uh, Matthew 24, 14, and this gospel will be preached to all nations, and then the end will come. And these are the words of Jesus to his disciples. And so as you and I participate in this Great Commission and in, and in supporting your missions efforts in Malaysia and around the world, uh, I want you to know that God is blessing you as we are a part of this Great Kingdom endeavor, which is to get the gospel out to all those nations and all those peoples. And so, uh, you know, what a beautiful partnership as, you know, I'm representing here today uh, Assembly of God uh, Missions USA, and you're there in Malaysia as well. It is a partnership for all of us to bring the gospel to places that have never heard. And so today I want to talk a little bit about this idea of advancing uh, God's kingdom. And uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, my wife and I served in Indonesia for 23 years, and so a close neighbor of yours, and saya masih bisa bahasa Indonesia, uh, so, you know, as you can hear, I can still speak some Bahasa. But, um, you know, as we endeavor to advance God's kingdom, there are times where our faith and our mission takes a hit. Uh, you know, COVID, if anything else, has really tried to slow the advance of God's kingdom. I want you to know that even though we're in the midst of this COVID season, that the Lord is still working in many of these places and among many of these people. And even though we may look around us and say, well, we're not able to meet in person and our, our economics have been hurt by this and our social life has been hurt by this, many things have changed. Despite those changes, God is still working on our behalf and on your behalf. Now, today I'd like to talk about living by faith in the midst of this kind of crisis and how we can still advance the kingdom by living by faith. Now, living by faith is, even though we don't see it happening, we believe it is happening. Faith is the evidence of things not yet seen. We, you know, we have to believe that there is evidence that God is working, even though we may not see it or know about it. 
I want to read you a, a story that's found in Acts chapter 12. And if there's a word of the Lord that came to me for the church, not just your church, but churches all around for this time in the season, it is Acts chapter 12. Uh, Acts chapter 12, a story that many of you are probably familiar with. I'm going to go ahead and read it to you. Um, in Acts chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter for public trial after the Passover, but while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate, and suddenly there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up! And the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angel told him, Get dressed and put on your sandals, and he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city, and this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street, and then the angel suddenly left him. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. He knocked at the door in the gate, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter is standing at the door. You're out of your mind, they said. When she insisted, they decided it must be his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking, and when they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. He motioned for them to quiet down and told them how the Lord had led him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers what happened, he said, and then he went to another place. May God add his blessing to the word today. You know, a very interesting story I just read in Acts chapter 12. I hope you can tell by the way I read it that it was an exciting time to be a part of this very thing. And yet, this story is full of difficulty. This story is full of a church that even said it had faith, and yet they seemingly had lost their faith. You know, I want to say here a number of things will help us to live by faith 
as we face this time of pandemic. And also, I want to say this will encourage us as we consider advancing the kingdom of God. First of all, I want you to know that living by faith is full of the unexpected. Can I also say here that advancing the kingdom of God is full of the unexpected. We're here at this missions convention talking about advancing the kingdom of God, and yet we are living in one of the most unexpected times in human history. In yours in my lifetime, this pandemic may be the greatest crisis you and I will ever face. You know, when we consider these different things, you know, uh, somebody asked me the other day, so when is it going to end? When are things going to loosen up? You know, and there, there's been so many times where I expected things to get better and then they didn't. I said to that person, I said, you know what? Honestly, I just don't know. We see here in this verse of, in, these, in this story of scripture that the, the, the church was moving along well. As you read through the book of Acts, people were getting saved and the church was advancing and the church was growing and things were going well. And suddenly, James, the brother of John, one of the three apostles that Jesus named as some of his closest associates, was taken into prison and lost his life. You know, it says here he was killed by the sword, and I, I don't want to sound, uh, say something that's inappropriate, but I want you to know that that meant that they chopped his head off with a sword. The apostle James was killed by a sword, and, and the impact that this had on the church, they were advancing the kingdom of God, and suddenly one of the most important leaders of their day, one of the most important apostles of their time was murdered in cold blood. And I want you to know it was a major setback as they tried to advance the kingdom of God. And you and I are living in a time where it's very possible that that we are seeing the advance of the kingdom of God take a big setback seemingly by this thing called COVID-19. When I ask you the question, how are things going for you today personal, personally? How are things in, in your uh, life right now and in your work and with your family right now? I realize that as we talk about advancing the kingdom of God and missions, we may say, look, we've got enough of our own personal problems. We can't even think about advancing the kingdom of God. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ in this story was feeling and experiencing the same exact kind of thing. I want you to know that God did not promise us a life without trouble. During COVID, we've had losses. In my lifetime, we've had losses. I know many of you have had losses. Peter and the early Christians had losses, but that didn't stop them. What's happening today cannot and should not stop us from advancing the kingdom of God. As you consider your missionary pledge, you may be saying to yourself, I don't know if I could afford it this time around. I'm not sure I should be giving that this time around. I want you to know that your missionaries that you support around the world and the different ministries out of glad tidings are still trying to go forward and this is not the moment to stop advancing the kingdom of God. The second thing I want 
you to understand about what we're experiencing right now and advancing the kingdom of God and living by faith is that we need to stay calm while living by faith. You know, if there's one thing I've learned about COVID and what's happening is that it's caused a lot of us to no longer be calm about our lives. Uh, you know, I, I love the story here. Um, as we read through it, one of the things that amazes me about this story in the Bible is that Peter is fast asleep in this prison cell He's sleeping so hard that an angel of the Lord shows up in his prison cell. And what's Peter doing? No. He's about to face the death penalty and he's fast asleep. You know, if you were in a prison cell and and facing a sure death sentence the next day, I wonder if you would be asleep. I wonder if you would be able to rest calmly like Peter was doing at that time. I want you to know that as we are advancing the kingdom of God, things are happening around us, but somehow in some way we need to grab hold of the peace of God in our lives. And as you make a missions pledge, as you decide to help to advance the kingdom of God, take comfort that the Lord is going to help you. You know, I asked myself the question as I read the story. I said, how was Peter able to sleep in the midst of that situation? And um, I, I kind of would say that, you know, I want to draw two things out of that, which aren't necessarily in the text, but they're assumptions. So how was Peter able to stay so calm as he was advancing the kingdom of God and in the midst of this difficult situation? Number one, he knew that he belonged to God, and that God had a good plan for his life. He knew that no matter what was going to happen the next day at that trial, no matter what was going to happen next, he was confident that God had a plan so that when he went to sleep that night, chained between two soldiers with 14 other soldiers guarding him, when he went to bed that night, he knew he could sleep because God was in control of his situation. And I'm asking you today, glad tidings, as you're listening to this message, do you believe that God is in control of your situation? Do you believe that God is in control of your family? Do you believe that God is in control of your work and your finances? And even maybe more importantly, do you believe that God is in control of your health and your body? One of the things that happens, we start to stop advancing the kingdom of God because we've lost our faith that God has a good plan for our lives. And I am here with a message from the Lord from the USA all the way to Malaysia. As I'm recording this message, I'm imagining the church. I'm imagining those of you that are both in person and watching online. And I'm telling you that God has a good plan for your life and that you can rest easy in that. I think the second thing that allowed Peter to stay calm in the midst of the storm is that he knew his ultimate home was not here on earth, but in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I think what's made everyone so, uh, let's say, uneasy about this COVID, the sickness that's going around, the pandemic, is people have had to ask themselves the question, 
what if I get COVID and die? You know, for the Christian, that shouldn't really scare us. Peter knew that if the next day his sentence was to be a death sentence, he knew that his soul would be transported and he would be with the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven for all eternity. Can I say that if there's one thing I've learned about COVID and one thing I've learned in this pandemic is that I need to trust God that no matter what happens to me physically, whether I get sick or I stay healthy, whether I am alive in this life or I go on to the next life, if I am with the Lord, he will take me home to be with him for all of eternity. And I really want to encourage you as a church that you would rest well in the midst of these difficult times because you know that God has you and you know that your eternity is assured with him. The third thing I want to share with you is that we need to pray earnestly while living by faith. You know, when Peter was put in prison, John had, I'm sorry, James had lost his life and Peter is now in prison, the church gathered together, and, and the wording in the Greek and in the early texts, it, it's interesting. It says, and the church prayed very earnestly for him. In other words, this was not just a, you know, Lord, boy, if you could help Peter out, that would be great kind of prayer. <laughs> this was a prayer where James, their, one of their main leaders, had died Peter was in prison facing death and the church got together and man, they were storming the gates of heaven. You know, it says in the Bible here that the angel appeared in Peter's cell, you know, in the middle of the night, so to speak. Peter was asleep. The guards were there. You know, it was nighttime and late. And, you know, the angel had to come in and wake Peter up, obviously, and set him free. But when Peter went to Mary's house, they were still praying for him. The prayers had gone beyond the morning service. The prayers had gone beyond the evening prayer meeting. The prayers had gone late into the night and into the early morning where the saints of God had gathered together and were crying out for the life of Peter. And friends, I just want you to know that as we live this life of faith, as you attempt to advance the kingdom of God through your missions giving and through your missions prayers, and that you would see maybe COVID change, the pandemic change. It'll change when the church begins again to earnestly pray. You know, uh, just a, a, a brief story here about some things that are happening in our Asia Pacific part of the world. Um, as you know, we've, we are all sending countries. I know Malaysia's got ministries you're supporting all over the globe on many continents. And I can't give the name here of the country or the person or anything, but, you know, at the end of last year, in my heart, I just said, you know what, I'm, I'm like tired of the pandemic, you know, what it's done to us mentally and spiritually and emotionally. And, and I said to all of the, the missionaries that are part of Asia Pacific, I said, hey, we're going to do a one-week earnest prayer time of breakthrough where we are going to fast and pray for a week. We are going to bring our requests before the Lord. And so I said to every uh, missionary of our 391 missionaries spread throughout Asia and Pacific, and I said, um, 
Give me one personal and one ministry uh, prayer request, and then we're going to pray by country on Zoom, of course. We're going to pray by area on Zoom, and then we're going to pray as a whole region all together on one big giant Zoom. And so we were doing those prayer times, but as I looked through the requests, I my eyes picked out one request. So we had this missionary couple that came to us and and said, we have a burden to serve in, they gave me the name of this country, and then the wife of the couple, the, the, of, the, of the couple that wanted to serve as missionaries, she held up a piece of paper with a pencil drawing on it. And she said, seven years ago, in a dream, the Lord gave me a vision of this. And she said, I didn't know what it was, but God said, someday you're going to go there. And, and when I looked around on maps and other things, it outlined the province of a certain country. And of course, back during the days of the interview, I knew that that country was very restricted and that there were not only no missionaries that had ever gone to that province, there was no church that was in that province and there were no Christians in that province, not just Assembly of God. There were no Christians and no churches of any kind. And in my heart, I said, well, we'll try to help you get in the country. But honestly, I said, I just don't, I, you know, we'll, we'll see as things happen. I lacked faith. So during that week of breakthrough prayer, they, they submitted a prayer request and said, we would like to pray that God would open the door for us to not only get in the country, which was completely closed because of COVID, but we want to go to that province where we've never had anyone be able to go before. And, and, I, and, and I had said to them, look, while you're waiting to get into the country, I'm going to reassign you here in the U.S. to where there are some uh, immigrants from that country in the U.S. So they were working there. But during the breakthrough prayer week, we stormed the gates of heaven. We said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord, that you would advance your kingdom, that you would advance your kingdom. We were praying, Lord, that you would open up doors for them to be able to get into this country and into this province. And we prayed and prayed and prayed during the week, not only for them, but the other 390 missionaries. The week after the prayer meeting was done, Someone approached them, one of the immigrants from that country, and said, I know somebody who's in that country, in that province, that has a university, and they're looking for teachers in order for you to be able to go there. And one thing led to another application, etc., and so on. I want you to know that the door opened for them to go to a, a country, a people, and a place that for the first time now in history are hearing the gospel and are hearing people, are, are hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. Can I just tell you that when we pray earnestly that God will advance his kingdom, and I want you to know many of you are thinking that today is a day for pledges we're going to be able to, to give something to the cause of, of missions. Please hear me clearly that we need to also pray earnestly that the kingdom of God would also advance. How much of your time is spent praying on kingdom advancement? I hope and pray that at Glad Tidings, you're not just a church that's giving to missions, but you're praying for missions and missionaries as well. And can I just say that even for your local church, this is a time. If 
If we're going to break our way out of this pandemic, whether it's in Malaysia or another country, I want you to know the only way to break through is going to be through earnest prayer. My last point today is that somehow we need to believe that God will show up as we advance the kingdom and as we live by faith. You know, um, it's kind of interesting in this story. We, we see it as a story of prayer. We see it as a miraculous story. I mean, think about it for a minute. You know, what would you do if a real angel showed up in your bedroom some night? You know, wow, that would be miraculous. And so even Peter, who is now being set free from prison for the second time in his life by angels, is actually walking down the street, and as he's walking down the street, he doesn't even, he thinks it's a vision. He doesn't even realize it's real. Peter, I want to say here, didn't even believe his own eyes. There, there was a lack of faith in this story. You know, Peter then does the right thing. He goes to the place where they're praying, and he knocks on the door, and he's knocking on the door, and, and sure enough, a, a servant girl named Rhoda comes to the door. And in her excitement, she runs back in and says to everybody, hey, Peter's at the door. Now, you know, it's kind of funny, the people who are praying, what's their response? Don't bother us right now, we're praying for Peter's release. You know, how many times it's kind of like we're having a big prayer meeting for a miracle and the miracles just happened and we're like, don't bother us right now. Especially when it came from a servant girl named Rhoda. But, but this little servant girl said, no, I'm insisting Peter is outside the door. And they said, well, it's, it's not Peter. It must be his angel. You, maybe you wondered like what that means. Well, back in the in the, those days, in that time period, and I think even till today, uh, the people of that day believed that everyone had a guardian angel and it looked like them. Yeah, so, you know, you may not know this, but, you know, there's a, you know, they, they believe there's like a double of you walking around and it's actually your guardian angel, you know. So, you know, the other day in my kitchen, I spilled a little water on, my flo on the floor and my wife said, who did this? And I said, well, it wasn't me. It was my angel. So you husbands can thank me for that. Next time you're in trouble, you say, it wasn't me. It was my angel, you know? So, you know, they even said to Rhoda, they said it wasn't Peter. It was his angel. So, but Rhoda continued to insist that it was Peter. And finally, they went to the gate and they saw that it really was Peter. You know, I often ask myself the question, why? Is that part of the story in there? Why couldn't they just say, Peter got there, they opened the door, and they're like, praise God, he did a miracle. Somehow Luke, as he wrote the book of Acts, wanted to put in there that even though sometimes we pray, even though sometimes we profess our faith as Christians, we doubt that God can really work on our behalf. And I want to let you know that you can advance the kingdom through glad tidings when you have faith and believe that God will answer all your financial needs, when God will answer all your physical needs, when God will answer all your emotional needs. Somehow, we have to break this spirit of disbelief. So how do we do that? 
You know, uh, I'm thanking God for Rhoda in this story. You know, this servant girl. Sometimes we think, well, who's got the most faith? You know, the pastor, you know, the missionary, you know, the evangelist, the, the, the deacon, the elder. You know, Rhoda was, and I'll use my Indonesian word, you know, Rhoda was a pambantu. You know, she was a housemaid. She, she really wasn't part of the church, you know. She was there to sweep up the floor when the church prayer meeting broke up, you know. And a little girl who was just a servant decided she wasn't going to accept the answer of the, of the big shots, you know. She said, no, I'm going to have, I believe. I believe. And my question to you today, Glad Tidings, is do you really believe that through your giving, through your prayers, you can really advance the kingdom of God? And so, you know, how do we do this in our, in our day and in our age? And it is by taking a bold step of faith and saying, no, we can do this. God can do this. You know, I'm not sure the mechanism of how you're going to be taking up your missions pledges today, but I want to challenge you. Can you be like Rhoda and cast off the disbelief that I believe COVID and this pandemic has chained the church into not believing that God can do big things. And my word for the Lord, for glad tidings today, is that the chains of disbelief are going to fall off of you like they fell off of Peter's hands. And and he wants to set you free to believe that God can advance his kingdom, even though we're against the pandemic, even though we're against hard times in the economy, that God wants to allow you to break three from those chains and believe that he can do it. A step of faith in believing is by, you know, possibly adding a zero onto your pledge. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) You know, sometimes when we talk about adding a zero onto a missions pledge, you know, it all of a sudden really bumps things up, you know, and I can tell you when my wife and I are making our missions pledge at the church, I made it out one year and, you know, my wife kind of gave me what I call is the atomic elbow, you know, boom. And she's like, hey, you need to add a zero to that, you know. Can you really believe that God can fulfill that pledge? You know, I hope and pray that disbelief has not weighed us down in the pandemic. I hope and pray that disbelief or not believing that God can heal, not believing that God can protect, not believing that God can even prosper us during this pandemic. And maybe as I'm speaking about this right now, you're kind of, you know, rumbling around with this thing in your heart. And I want you to know in this story, it's a clear example that God wanted to continue advance his kingdom and continue to use Peter. And yet they had to break free from their disbelief. And I believe filling out a missions pledge and asking God to increase your finances and bless you in that way is, is, is a sure sign that the disbelief that has come along with this pandemic can end today. You know, I want to end the pandemic, but what I want is for you to end the pandemic of disbelief in your life. And that's really the message that the Lord has for glad tidings today, that all of a sudden that would fall off of you. And your missions pledge is the first step to the end of the pandemic of disbelief that's taken on the whole world and even the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Once again, I just want you to know that our heart and our prayers are with you. 
And what I'd like to do to close this word out, this message out, is to pray for you as a church. And also to just believe that at some point we'll be able to be reunited again. But maybe most importantly, that faith would rise up inside of your hearts. That disbelief would go down. And that God would do a great work as you advance the kingdom through the mission's work of glad tidings. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I pray for my dear friends at Glad Tidings. I pray for Pastor Vincent, the entire pastoral staff. Lord, I ask that as they're in their convention this year, Lord, and it's just different than at any other time, that, Lord, in the name of Jesus, you would do a great work. That, Lord, whatever disbelief has grabbed hold of us would be broken free today in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that as as the chains of disbelief fall off of the church members, Lord, and as they say, Lord, I'm going to believe you, that even though I'm hurting economically, even though things haven't gone so well with my family business, that I'm going to trust you, Lord, that as I make an offering for missions, for your work around the world, that Lord, in Jesus' name, the disbelief is going to fall off. Lord, I ask for families especially that have been affected by the pandemic. Lord, those who've had losses of family members, those who've had losses of finances, those whose health has been affected by this. Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that your miraculous power, Lord, would touch them, would minister to them, would that, Lord, that this mission's convention of advancing the kingdom would bring them up out of a miry and murky situation and bring them into your light and your freedom, O oh God. Lord, I pray that we would be like Rhoda the servant girl and that we would believe, Lord, that you're going to do great things. And Lord, we're just so thankful that we can participate in this mission's convention. Bless my friends now, Lord, at Glad Tidings, I pray. Mighty and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you and have a great Sunday.